The Cellcast is recorded in front of a live streaming audience. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Cellcast. Joining me today is a man who, uh, well, it's a full moon tonight, I think. He's looking a little hairy. I've already broke him. And I've got to keep talking until he's gone. Because the music is going and I can't really stop it. You're not a cat. <laughs> well, I mean, I swallowed a cat. <laughs> that poor feline. Why, thank you. Wait a minute. I'm supposed to be a wolf. What the heck happened? I'm just wondering why your hair suddenly turned pink. Yeah. Uh, what did you do? I did nothing. Are you sure? Very Where certain. is it? Daylit, did you do something? Oh, that stopped the music real quick. <laughs> didn't realize it would do that. She didn't do anything either. Oh, man. I got turned into a dog. I'm supposed to be a wolf here. <laughs> I didn't know that would stop the music that fast. <laughs> I thought it would play on top of it. But anyway. Uh, why, thank you. Ruff. Wait a minute. That's supposed to be a wolf, not a dog. Anyways. <laughs> why, thank you. Let me use our co-host. A man who... Uh, it's trying to avoid the ice cream guy. Welcome, Drew. I love Rocky Road. To put another scoop on my ice cream. I don't. That's not how the song goes. <laughs> there is a Weird Al has there, a there song, is. and I don't remember the lyrics. I just know it's sung to the tune of "I Like Rock and Roll," but mm-hmm. it's "I Like Rocky Road." Mm-hmm. So put another scoop on the cone, baby. That's not the actual lyric, but whatever. Uh-huh. Moving on. Uh. Yeah, I'm doing good. How are you? Man, I'm doing very good. I'm actually, I'm excited for this weekend. Uh, I've got a five-day weekend, of which I am. F- oh, lucky uh, you. Five days. Hold on. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, five days. Like I said, lucky you. Yeah. I only got four. <laughs> yeah, because it was more, I, I took two days off here or two days off here. So they couldn't exactly give me six days. It was like, right. Uh, so why don't you take this day off? It makes it five days, and plus you still get paid for that additional day. Well, there you go. Yeah. So, so is it the Thursday or the Tuesday? It's the Thursday. Ah, so you only have two, uh, one more day to work. Exactly. You lucky, lucky dog, you. Right. There, no, be, be wary, folks. There's going to be a lot of dog puns tonight. No, you think? I mean, there's a lot of dog puns most nights, but true. This is actually a dog movie <laughs> we're reviewing tonight. Uh, we are actually reviewing a hundred percent wolf, which is available on Hulu. Mm-hmm. And it's the only place it's available. Mm-hmm. But um, we'll get to that in a minute. In the meantime, Jacob, how are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, looking forward to the I already week- asked that question. You did. Moving on. Yeah, looking forward to the weekend. Uh, I've got one more day of work. Uh, it was a very long weekend. I went down to my parents' place to help uh, install a a island countertop. Uh, I left, and they were working on the second part of this island 
monstrosity. <laughs> I pray and hope they were able to get it monstrosity. in. Monstrosity. This thing was big. Ah. I'm still curious how, well, the other parts are smaller, so yeah, it shouldn't be that bad, but it, it's it's going to be a beast to get that thing done. Right. Uh, other than that, uh, I did a lot of driving, not so much sleep, a lot of work, a lot of standing out the sun, uh, getting a little overheated, but other than that, it was, it was a good weekend. It was a good weekend, got back to work, uh, a very pleasant first two days back uh very 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 fortunate in that way uh other than that um i'm yeah i'm most definitely i'm looking forward to the weekend because we're going on a retreat with our single class from our church and uh we will be subjected to us watching at at least being in the same house as we watch our first movie for that week yeah for that month because we have to watch at least one while we're there yeah, we're still gonna figure out the date on that because there's 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 Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday. Monday, I'm assuming, is gonna be a very quick wake up, get packed, get out of there. Yeah. Eat we'll breakfast, probably, leave. Yeah, we'll probably be out of there before lunch. Probably. I, I my assumption is not knowing the exact timetable. Right. But we're still waiting on your girlfriend and her mom to get there. Mm-hmm. We may have a, some time Friday. Mm-hmm. To get it out of the way before we have to subject too many people to the emoji movie. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, that, that's gonna be interesting. Because uh, I know um, Patrick Stewart as a well, he's not a chocolate ice cream cone, but that's what uh, he looks like. Uh, he does. <laughs> but either or, uh, yeah, we're we're going there. Because uh, I know, be like, you already plan to go see Star Trek II: Wrath of Khan yes. in theaters. Because I'm planning to come along, and I am. We're meeting uh, some friends of mine up there. Oh, okay, for that showing. Nice. And I know me and my girlfriend are planning because originally we weren't planning to do this, but she decided she wanted to go on a date on Sunday. It's like okay, fine, no problem. Oh, yeah, because that was like oh, okay. She told me that like two weeks ago, two three weeks ago, I think but um yeah i hope that intersects at a good time with everything i hope so she's the one teaching <laughs> yeah and our movie's at seven yeah well i th- it's, is it saturday or sunday 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 okay that's why i'm wondering okay so yeah i, I thought it was on saturday i honestly did Heck, it's fine it's fine we, that's fine we, everything we, every, is mobile as yeah. long as she's willing to work with us yeah exactly I mean, i'm gonna go see it anyway i may have to get someone to, to I may have to steal the van to do it, but <laughs> how often do you get to see a Star Trek movie in the theater? I mean, yeah, come on. Probably one of the best films ever made. Yes. One of the best films ever made. One of the best films ever made in theaters. Yes. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's I'm looking forward to the weekend and I got one more day of work and yeah, I'm ready to go. Let's do this. All righty. How about you? Well, if you can't tell by listening, I'm fighting sinus congestion. Literally, I woke up Saturday morning and I what didn't feel like I was worth shooting. <laughs> because apparently a storm blew in late Friday nights, early Saturday morning. Mm. And uh, I was not the only person who got hit by this. I hear a lot of people got hit by this. Heck. Our friend uh, Dallas over at Geek Devotions, even though he's over in Shreveport, really got hit by this. Really? 
So yeah, this is a widespread series of sinus failures. Ugh, not fun. No, it's not fun. But uh, thankfully, I am mostly over it. Except I'm still having to mostly breathe through my mouth and not through my nose. Mm. So, so you're pulling a Lord Vader. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, uh, other than that, I've had a good week. It's a little bit busy at work. Um, Because, you know, it's always busy the week before you go on a vacation. Of course. Even if you're not trying to get ahead. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not trying to get ahead. I don't think we're going to be in that big, a, big an issue. But, of course, they want everything done right now. So... Say la vie. True. So, uh, yeah, pretty much that's how I'm doing. I do have one question, though, for you, Jacob. What have you been watching? What have I been watching? So, obviously, I was busy most of the week. Uh, the only thing we really watched was, like, cooking shows. Ugh. Which are, like, no, baking shows. Sorry. Like, bake, like baking that's competitions. Cooking. Yeah, cooking. They were fun, but it's something my mom likes to watch. Right. And um, oh yeah, we uh, my brother. I think it was it was Thursday night. I think it was Thursday night the night I got there. Jim was like, "Oh yeah, you gotta watch this. Great, this is the greatest show ever." I'm like, "What? Harley Quinn?" <laughs> I'm like, "Okay, I'll bite." Okay, how we, bad is it? Oh, it's it'd be like if if you're not a fan of ex extreme violence extreme let, let me let me ask you the question differently if my favorite version of harley quinn is the one from batman the animated series will would i like this no that's what i thought yeah I, i'm watching this and be like I, I am cringing every like second it's like oh my oh whoa okay this is not for me but uh i watched the first episode and i'm like nope this is not for me I got called a few funny names for that, but I don't care. Eh, it is what it is. It is what it is. So, yes, I watched the first episode of Harley Quinn, and I probably will not watch the rest of it because I was turned off by it. Extremely. <laughs> Understandable. All right. So, after watching um, 100% Wolf, uh, like sometimes I need to do is to cleanse my palate. What did you cleanse your palate <laughs> with this week? The OG Thundercats. Of well, all made, shows. It made sense. You, you leave the dogs, you go to the cats. Exactly. Next thing you'll know, you'll be watching Thunderbirds. Argo. Argo. <laughs> oh. Why do I get the feeling you don't know what Thunderbirds Argo is? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, 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 I need to find something for next year. <laughs> okay. It's a British TV show. Yeah. There is a movie. Mm-hmm. It is filmed in what they call Marion Marionette. Ma oh, Thunderbirds! Thunderbirds, Argo. Oh, okay, I didn't really you said Argo, and I was like, yeah. "What's Thunderbirds Ar Argo?" Argo. I, okay, I, I, I admit it. I kept putting a space between Thunderbirds and Argo. Oh, okay, but I know what you're talking about there. I've never seen way, any that, of it. Either way, that movie does need to be on the list. All right, but yeah, it's like okay, you did dogs, you did birds, you did dogs, cats? you did cats. Next to birds, after that. Well, it'll be time for your yearly Little Mermaid watch. <laughs> so fish. So fish. Uh, so I did watch a series that you have been recommending. I watched the first two episodes of She-Hulk. <laughs> ah. Those were fun. Yes, that, they those, are fun. They were fun. They were entertaining. Now, now let me ask you this, because this is what I keep hearing from everyone and their dog. 
No, I don't actually hear dogs speak except for you. Rough. But hey, he walked into that. Um, are you getting a bad uncanny valley from She-Hulk? A little bit. I get a little bit of it too, but I think it. I th- I, part of it is the fact that you've got older Hulk next to her, mm-hmm. and he's obviously got some more texture to his skin, right? Because he's older mm-hmm. and he's starting to wrinkle a little bit, maybe because he's Mark Ruff- Mark Ruffalo is going to be in his fifties by now. Mm-hmm. And so hers is a little bit smoother and maybe a little too smooth. I'm not sure yet, but for the most part, I don't have, I don't have the same problem. Most people have, Mm. I think, but anyway, uh, I like it. Be like, there was, there's, there's a certain scene that, you know, certain parts of the political view, like just go on and on about this scene. And I watched, I watched their clip and I'm like, Hmm, I wonder what the context is. So watching this episode and like finally getting to this scene, if you don't know what the scene is, the scene is where uh, she Hulk is describing everything she has to deal with on a daily basis yes, and how she has to deal with anger more the probably than Bruce does. And so a certain party, uh, I won't name names or name parties, but we're just rattling on and on and on about this and this and this. And I was like, there's got to be t- context missing somewhere. And sure enough, context was missing. Yes. So in the scene where she's describing how frustrating her life is and how, you know, if she does this and she does this and she does this, be like, I, I, I take out more frustration than you do. And the next scene, she's turning green. <laughs> I'm see, like, oh, okay, that's funny. That's ironic. <laughs> see, my thought on this has, has been if it had been that scene kind of by itself yeah and for the most part she was you know we didn't see much of her having to deal with her anger before that mm-hmm. point or having to deal with that uh some of her snottier co-workers oh yeah yeah, yeah. i would have felt a little bit more um they actually oh, put context into it i, I would have felt that was pushing it a little pushing a political agenda a little yeah. too much yeah i have a different issue though with that scene okay she goes on and on about how you know she's had stuff mansplained to her she's had uh mm-hmm. people treat her like she's a piece of meat because she's a woman mm-hmm. which you shouldn't do anyway you shouldn't do but she you know you get you do get the feeling they look down on her and look at her as a sexual object right did you watch the end credit scene of which one both well the first one mainly is what i'm getting the at. first one hold on Remind me of that one. Oh, yes. She and Hulk, both in their Hulk forms, mm-hmm. are at the bar drinking, and she's oh. acting drunk. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And she <laughs> convinces the Hulk to tell her when Captain America okay. lost his virginity. virginity. Yeah, that's right. And she ends it by saying, yes, I knew it. Captain America. Cut off. Cut off. And I'm sitting there going, you hypocritical piece of work. <laughs> you are mad that people treated you like a piece of meat and then you do it to somebody else. I would I would agree in that context, yes, that was a little bit frustrating. The, now, the I, granted, I know that there are is a, a lot a lot of the women out there that do have to deal with this a lot worse than a lot oh, of guys do. Oh yeah, absolutely. I am not trying to take that away from y'all at all. And I would like to take it away from y'all from having to deal with that. Don't get right, me wrong. Right. 
I'm, I'm not trying to take away your feelings and saying it's, they're not worth what they mm-hmm. are. What I'm saying is you should not immediately turn around and kind of do that to your cousin <laughs> and convince him to, because that's going to make him feel awkward. It's like you're telling my best friend, telling me my best friend is hot. <laughs> and I don't know. It's, yeah. It's, I feel it's a little hypocritical tr- treating cap of that way when you don't want to be treated that way. Well, especially since in a way your coworkers. True. So may true. not have worked together yet, but true. Eventually, at some point. Maybe. But my one of my You do point, have a worker in common in the Hulk. True. One of my main problems with this story, and there again, it's this uh uh the dawning of a new superhero, someone who right. is very cocky, very boasters in who they are, and she she's the entire time is saying, I'm right, you're wrong, but the Hulk is actually right in for probably ninety percent of it. Yeah. Where it's <coughs> and granted she is very used to everyone telling her how to do her business and this right. degree, she doesn't want people to tell her to do her business which, anymore which is granted and understandable she keeps having people needing to tell her how to do her business right because of just the situation and how it comes up and she really is in a position where she needs help from in this instance a man yeah <laughs> it's her cousin so he's not going to think of her that way but still right cousin cousin i couldn't remember if they were cousins or yeah cousin i i i do like uh like niece yeah you know going into more spoiler territory of this episode you know 13 one spoiler on she hulk uh the the how they explain how she becomes she hulk that was very well done yeah it's different than the comics but then like i said on a facebook post the other day neither the dc or marvel movies are meant to be adaptations of the comics mm-hmm. they are meant to be other stories being told in the same multiverse as the comics right in the same way you can't get mad at say ultimate marvel for changing a origin you can't get mad at this for changing an origin right or story beats or whatever right <coughs> anyway anyways um i thought it was good be like i'm definitely gonna watch uh the third episode when that comes out on thursday which i'm off Yay, happy dance. Um, but other than that, I started watching another another it was on Disney Plus. I just got finished watching uh Tangled our episode our episode on the the uh the one that I have to go back to the island. Yes. Finish that one. And um so I was looking around, it's like okay, I've got time to kill, I can you know work on my notes, what have you. And I found one, it's called Apollo Return to the Moon. Okay. It's on Netflix, it's from National Geographic. Would you watch it on on, uh, on Disney Plus? I said uh Netflix earlier, my apologies. Uh that's really good. It kind of recaps the uh uh NASA and the former founder NASA Apollo one, Apollo uh what's Apollo 11, Apollo 13. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think at that point they were just getting to Apollo 13. And I've always loved space travel. It's like, like any, any, yeah, exactly. They're like, it's a place you can't run and be like, all you hear is screams. (laughs) Except in space, no one can hear you you scream. scream. That's the line I was looking for. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I've watched that. Ah, that's because there's no, no medium for the sound to travel through. Ha <laughs> ha! I do. That's why you can't shouldn't be able to hear explosions in space either. True. Star Trek and Star Wars. 
of course, then it would be boring to watch. Moving exactly. Um, Except Firefly did that, and it didn't technically break anything. But anyway. Anyways. Um, yeah, that's all I've been watching right now. What are you? Well, like you, I've been watching She-Hulk on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that next episode. Another show started this last week on a Thursday that I'm not going to get into too much because according to the poll, this is very much likely something we'll be reviewing in October so far. Oh, okay. I think uh, I walked in, you were watching a little bit of it earlier. I was watch. Uh, well, I'm specifically talking about season three of episode one of uh, Star Trek Lower Decks. Yeah. I decided since it does kind of look like we're going to be reviewing two and three, I wanted to rewatch season one again. Okay. So I can kind of get caught up. Yeah. But uh, season three hit me in what I kind of like to call a nostalgia hole. A nostalgia hole. You ever watch something and all of a sudden you just don't care if it's good or bad or what. You're just kind of stuck in this hole for a couple minutes. Yeah. You're you're just kind of like you remember what it's like being 12 years old again, watching something, watching a movie on the big screen that you absolutely love. Yeah. That's what this episode did to me. Okay. Because not, not to get too far into it, but mm-hmm. well, let me ask you this. Cause you might be able to figure this out. Okay. I'm obviously talking about star Trek movies, mm-hmm. which star Trek movie would have come out when I would have been a, 10 12 years old hold on in that range so what year would that have been i don't remember the year let's see 10 12 years old you're like 95 to 98 star trek that would have been the new generation cast yes that would have been which is the good one oh that would have been um generations insurrection no insurrection was movie three okay i'm referring to movie two. Oh, okay movie two okay first contact first contact okay yeah i always forget about that one which is amazing because it's the best one of the four next generation films oh, okay well do you remember what happens in that film yes okay they ha- the arc four lower deckers mm-hmm. have a reason to have to go to historic Bozeman, Montana, which has been turned into an educational theme park to teach about, you know, the first contact. Yeah. A certain guest star from that movie reprises his role. Really? Yeah. And it was one of those I heard. It's like, there's no way they got him to come back for this (laughs) because it's James Cromwell. Yeah. He's a little bit of Hollywood royalty. From a little way bit. Back. You know he has to command a bit of a price, and he is only other, only other only other than that has only returned what in one other time, and that was through our uh, that was in Star Trek Enterprise mm. through some like uh, stuff he filmed separately, so they could put it on a view screen to show like the historical stuff. Yeah, talking about you know from first contact to the launch of the first warp five vessel. He's not done a lot. He's not been in a lot of star Trek since first contact. Yeah. 
and they, he plays a holographic version of himself. Huh? Like, you know how when you're in the ri- a ride at Disney World and the little screen comes on and says, hey, you caught me uh, doing something here. And uh, you want to make sure you uh, don't ha- bring any snacks or any drinks on the ride because none of that's allowed here. Sort of a thing. I can... You since I've, I've, I've never been to Disney World, but You've I've seen mm-hmm. the clips. Yes, I've seen the okay. clips. Yes. I don't think those clips were there when I was at Disney World. Mm. So don't feel bad. Okay. But they do kind of that thing here. Okay. With him having saying those lines because they are hijacking a park ride based off the Phoenix that oh. actually launches into space and goes to warp one. Okay. And they have to hijack the thing. I'm not going to tell you why. Okay. Knowing this show, it's... There's a good reason. Yeah. There's a very good reason. But this entire time it's going through, you know, they, they play the first contact theme as they're coming mm-hmm. into Bozeman. You get James Cromwell there. You get these little throwbacks, throwbacks, everything's like the, the Vulcan spaceship playground for the kids to be, to, to play on. Right. Uh, the, you get the bar with its amazing one song jukebox, which plays Ooby Dooby. Mm. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, you're about to take to take off in a replica of the phoenix please play the song please play the song <laughs> and they're getting in there and the ride starts up in a holographic james cromwell is that from cochran he's going through he's obviously like um the robot on the star tours ride kind of yeah at at a at disney world and disneyland i think it's there too he's doing the whole thing and then Right as he's getting ready to take off, he says, and of course, he holds up a, the green hexagonal disc from the movie, puts it in the player, and hits play, and we get magic carpet ride. I'm like, I'm home. I'm 12 years old again. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I was like, <laughs> I love this. This is great. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> It's a good episode. I, I would, that's I would, the, but that's I the tell. That's the nostalgia hole I was in, right? When I watched that episode Thursday, when I got home from Bible study, mm. after I watched She Hulk, because mm. um, I forgot that it was actually coming back on. So I'm actually looking forward to this next one because it looks like it's going to be good too. But I don't want to get too much more into what that show is until we do get a chance to review it. That is true. Okay. Speaking of She-Hulk, you mentioned earlier, like how, how old Mark Ruffalo was. He's actually 54. See, I was not far off. No, you weren't. That means he was 42 at event during Avengers. Wasn't it? Yeah. Good night. Anyway. um, Also, I did go back and watch, start watching through uh, season one. Uh, because I wanted to get caught up in case we do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I watched a couple more episodes of Power Rangers Dino Fury. That's a. It's not a bad show. Yeah. But it is definitely a modern kids show. Mm. I'll put it that way. It's just a little bit too clean, if that makes sense. I gotcha. I don't know a good, another good way to put it, but it does feel kind of like a. It feels like it's a Disney Channel original television show mm. that they didn't put the laugh track in because it's not technically a sitcom. Gotcha. If that makes sense. That does make sense. 
it's it's really sad when you're looking back at it and go, you know, at least the the original Power Rangers, they actually had questions about what the crime was going on. You people are accepting this far too easily. <laughs> You've got alien dinosaurs you're dealing with on a regular basis for crying out and loud. And it's just like, eh. It's like, eh. It's like, oh, I didn't realize I was going to be get to be a superhero today. Oh, gosh. Like, you're an adult working for essentially BuzzFeed. You should be a little more cynical than this. But oh, oh! What was it? I can't remember who it was. I think it was uh, Nathan. Uh, Nathan from uh, uh, Monster Island Pinball. Ah, Marchand. Marchand. Because uh, he put a he put a clip out there for something, and it was I can't remember what season, but it was like one of the worst. Uh, it was like uh, it may have been Operation Overdrive. No, it wasn't Overdrive. That's a bad season. It, it was it was one of the more modern ones that they recently came out. It was like uh, uh nin- like uh, Ninja so Jungle Fury. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of going in order. Uh, he just they Samurai, just, Samurai. Yeah, he just started Samurai because they just released their uh, uh, RPM episode over mm-hmm. at the Power Trip. Yeah. So be like, I, I'm watching this episode and it's that so whole, so I, freaking stilted. <laughs> I watched that whole series. Ugh. And I actually thought, you know, for what this is, it's not that bad. Yeah. It's not that great, but it's not that bad. And right. the Megaforce happens. <laughs> it's like Saban, what did you do? <laughs> now I will say that Dino Fury, that granted, I have not seen any Power Rangers between halfway through Super Mega Force until I started Dino Fury. So it's mm. like half I, I didn't watch any half of the last half of Mega Super Mega Force. Yep. I didn't watch any of was it Ninja Steel that was that right Ninja after Steel. That? Or Dino I watched the, Charge. I watched the first episode of Ninja Steel. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch that one. I didn't watch Dino Charge. And I didn't watch Beast Morphers. I think yeah. that's the other three seasons. Yeah. I suspect Beast Morphers has a little has, has got the since it's the same writing team as Dino Fury, mm. it's a little bit better. Maybe. Than the others. And I've heard Dino Charge is actually pretty good. Yeah. So I mean, it better be. It's based off Kyoryuji, and that was a good season of Sentai. And I think they just released uh, the the concept of what they're doing for the new yeah, season, Cosmic Fury, which will Cosmic be an Fury. extension of Dino Fury. Yeah, uh, and it looks like it's based. I don't remember which one it's based on. The gem one. That's all I remember. The mm. It's before the modern one. That's all I really know. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. I, I admittedly have not kept up with Sentai as much as well i don't really need to it's a japanese show that technically isn't airing over here so right anyway (coughs) excuse me but yeah that's where uh that's pretty much what i've been watching uh jacob i think we need to find out what's in the news correct the cell cast news with your host jacob heron Why thank you, Deedlet? <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me get to my notes. I found something while I was I had finished doing notes, which I couldn't find a single thing we're talking about on news. Like really? absolutely nothing. 
uh, I, I might be mistaken. Some people are like, what about this? And what about this? And what about this? Be like, it, I didn't find it. It was a fairly <laughs> quiet news. Yeah, week. it's been fairly quiet. Uh, I did notice, I did find something on uh, avclub.com. Uh, it's Batman, the Cape Crusader, and the Urkel animated Christmas special, which has also been canceled from uh, the uh, HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are reports, um, is reportedly still being production uh, with Hulu, Netflix, and Apple all expressing interest in the project. So they may not be completely dead. Cool. Yeah. So it'd be like there's like the projects themselves be like, be like this is hearsay be like it those projects maybe still be worked on maybe so they might find a home somewhere else mm-hmm. in which i think the cape crusader might be a really good idea urkel that would sound like a fun idea if they can get it off the ground yes yes uh and i think that was about it the far as i can understand that was all we had in the news uh, Retro Rewind in the chat does remind us that there was a Fern Gully 30th anniversary Oh, release. yes. Thank you, Retro. Uh, yes, the 30th anniversary. That would from, be Francisco from that podcast, by yes. the way. Thank you, Francisco. Uh, yeah, that recently came out. Uh, uh, G-Kids recently released that. And uh, it's on Blu-ray. It's available basically anywhere. You can go to gkids.com and go pick it up for blu-ray and dvd it's been uh remastered and uh reworked this was a movie that came out in the early 90s i remember very fondly uh we were going to review it this year uh in our normal schedule until we changed for uh we ran <clears throat> bad movie months in september so yeah it'll come probably back up in february maybe february maybe we haven't discussed what we're doing january yet no we haven't that's normally where our fourth uh theme month is yeah if we since we're doing this one in september i don't know if we're rearranging the schedule that late because we haven't yeah. talked we haven't even discussed december yet no we haven't so anyway but uh yeah it's coming I, I do plan on getting a copy of my own because i remember as very fond nostalgic memories of this film uh robin bloom's batty uh tim curry is toxic which is me like if you watch that as a kid it's like oh my gosh it's, it's frightening it's frightening. All but all I know is I got about thirty minutes into that movie and never watched it again because it scared me as a child. <laughs> That's understandable. Just saying. Uh, so yeah, that's that's coming out. If you want to grab your own your own copy and fulfill that nostalgic uh, love for a movie you loved as a child, go pick it up. Now there is another one I know of that it's kind of tangentially related because. Okay. I mean, it's based on a movie that we will probably do at some point be due to it being stop motion animation. Okay. But the reason we haven't touched it yet is because it was one of those movies we did for uh, uh movie of the week podcast back when that was a thing. Yeah. And that's King Kong. Oh yeah. Because Disney plus is making a King Kong on TV, TV series. series. Yeah. And if you're wondering how that's possible legally, it's because technically King Kong is owned by Universal. Kong is owned by Legendary. None of them own the rights to the novelization of the first book, which is in the public domain. So literally, as long as you're making it about the uh, public, the, the book, mm-hmm. you can make, you can do whatever you can call. You can do any King Kong thing you want. 
And if you really want more information on that, go check out the, was it the year of Kong that Nate Marchand did at the beginning of, uh, yeah, someone got uh, the beginning of the monster on film vaults, like the first 30 episodes or nearly the full, first full year. Okay. Of that show over there. So, uh, yeah, go check that out. And, uh, a retro also says, uh, if we mentioned that they did a season two of Cuphead out on Netflix, uh, the Cuphead no. show, yeah, which no, we haven't talked about the Cuphead show no. out of the two episodes of that I watched. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It's just it was okay, mm. and I, it must have done well enough that it's getting a second season. True, especially with what was it, how many animated stuff did Netflix kill last year? A lot, I and mean, they they were almost being worse than, uh discovery has been with the hbo max stuff. right so anyway i think that's the rest of the news unless you have thought of something else that is all i can think of all right well then what we need to jump into the spoiler free section of our review of 100 percent wolf Arr! certified fresh and spoiler free am i correct in thinking this is the first time we've both watched this movie yes Okay. It's okay. It's yeah. not bad. It's not great. <laughs> True. Um, it's a very safe movie. It does play a lot of stuff very safe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to tell you to not to go watch it, but I do understand why its rating is what it is. It's just kind of a competent movie. Okay. I know that does not sound like glowing praise (laughs) and it's not meant to be. It's because it's literally, it's just, it's, it reminds me of a, uh, a cartoon network film. Okay. That was made in Australia. It's not great. It's does the job. It's just not even that because cartoon network, at least they didn't, they they didn't talk down to children. They kind of just, they kind of wrote for the older, not the, the preteens, and assumed the kids could keep up, would, would mm-hmm. watch up to it. Yeah. I'm not even sure where this fits on there. It's, I don't, to some degree, it feels like it was meant for preteens, but yet it does not have a preteen edge to it outside of like nods mm. here and there. Like I said, it's an okay film. What are your thoughts? My thoughts, uh, being my first time watching this film, I was coming at it from the re- from the reviewer from the viewer perspective, and every second I was like, nope, 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 nope. And then about halfway through the film, I'm still just like rolling my eyes watching this film. I'm like, this is the kids' film, Jacob. Just remember that it's the kids' film. This is not designed for you know the 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 you know late thirties, upper forty crowd. Our lo- mid, our early forties crowd. Well, most of the films that we review on here are not intended for our audience. That is true. That is true. So I and, I, too- and I'm going to get. I think we are of the same thought on this, and that we may have accidentally started Bad Movie Month a week early. That is true. Without meaning to, possibly, possibly. But um, I'll actually, I still don't think this is as bad as Emoji Movie, but. <laughs> but uh looking at it just like it's it's got some good points uh, i can understand where it'd be like this is very much a kid's show or kids movie it's very safe uh 
I got a, a lot of disagreements on this film. Uh, but have to keep in mind, this is a kid's movie. This is a kid's movie. And um, I remember watching this for the trailers. I was like, dude, this looks really good. <laughs> I'm not exactly thrilled. Like after watching this movie, hint the cl- the palate cleanser. Um, but uh, I, I fell asleep right after I finished watching this movie. Wow. I stayed away for the whole thing. But when I got done, I think I fell asleep. Wow. It'd been at the end of a long day, but. Agreed. Um, yeah. Is it worth watching? Yes. Is it one of these movies that you have to go watch? No. Uh, it's very much, it's a family friendly movie. Uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about this movie. <laughs> All right, then. Are you ready to move into the uh, the next section? Yeah, let's we'll, do that. We'll hit the uh, spoiler-filled section right after this word from our sponsors. And by sponsors, I mean Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box. Whether you enjoy geeky reviews, comedy, or original fiction, you can open up the Culture Box and find something excellent for your soul. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. This week, we suggest checking out Sunny and Brave, where each week hosts Chris Cowan of the Babylon Bee and Nate Henderson of some boring budgeting job confess their privilege, spotlight stunning social media posts, and fabricate outrage, all while keeping you super woke and enlightened. They will make you laugh. That's right. You have no choice. Check out Stunning and Brave at stunningandbrave.net. The Cellcast would like to thank the following patrons. Josh Adams, Ashley Ruiz, Book of Gaming. To get your name on the show plus uncut episodes, early access to the Cellcast plus reviews and special art from Jacob, please donate to us on Patreon. I'm working on it. It's been a busy month following is a spoiler-filled review for the movie 100% Wolf. Listener discretion is advised. 100% Wolf was written and directed by Alexis Standerman. And if I said your name wrong, Alexis, or however you say that, I apologize because I honestly don't know how to pronounce Alex S., other than that, <laughs> Alex's. I don't know. It just has, I keep thinking it's. Don't get me lying. It's, it thinks like it should be Alex's, but that sounds too close to Alexis. But it's not Alexis because it's not spelled Alexis. Mm. Also, Alexis is like. No, no, there's guys named Alexis. Yeah. Never mind. Anyway, it was also written by Renald Allen, David Breen, Finn Edquist, and Tiffany Zennel. Cast for this includes. Elias Swindells as Freddie Lupin. He was Ramsey in something called Retrograde. Hmm. Fair warning, a lot of these names, I had no idea of anything they had been in. And I skipped a bunch that were, this was their only voice role. Hmm. Uh, Lauren Gray was the voice of Twitchy. And she was Clem Crane in Outsiders. Adrian Daff played Harriet. And she was Tess in Small Town Hackers. 
Here's one you'll know. Jane Lynch yeah. was the commander, and she was Calhoun in Wreck-It Ralph. Mm-hmm. Jai Courtney, who played Flash Art, was Boomerang in the first Suicide Squad movie. Mm. You know, the guy who got blown up in the first five minutes yeah. to show that they meant that they would kill everybody. Yeah. Akmal Saleh played Hamish, and uh, he played a character named Jacko in The Wild Adventures of Blinky Bill. Hmm. I have no idea what that was, but I saw the words Blinky Bill and I laughed. <laughs> um, Cam Ralph was the voice of Stu the Dog Catcher and additional voices, hmm. and he apparently played a character named Giggle Fangs in Hoot Hoot Go, whatever that is. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Graham was Chariot and he played Pete in Hounds of Love. I'll admit, a lot of these names, movies I picked, if I didn't know what they were, I picked the goofiest sounding thing I could find. Right. Uh, Magda Subansky played uh, Mrs. Mutton and she was Esme Hoggett in Babe, opposite Zephyr Cochran or uh, James Cromwell. Really? Yeah. You call him by his character name. <laughs> I sorry, I did. I was doing. I kept calling him James Cromwell when I was talking about him in the show, and now I'm calling him Zeph from Cochrane. Now that I need to talk, call him James Cromwell. I am so sorry. They're both hard names to say, if we're being honest. Mm. Uh, Reese Darby was the voice of Foxwell Crip, and he played the character Anton in the movie version of In What We Do in the Shadows. Mm. Rupert Dagus played Hotspur, and uh, he played a character in Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, but I didn't write down what character that was. Oh, well. Oh, well. And then uh, Samara Weaving played Batty, and uh, she played Thea in uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music. Really? Yes. Kingdom Hearts connections for this? No direct connection. Mm. However, Sergeant Calhoun, who is played by Jane Lynch in Record Ralph, does appear in Kingdom Hearts Union Cross. Okay. That's the closest I could get you. I gotcha. And it's a game that has no voice <clears throat> acting in it. Mm. So, yeah. That's the cast and everything. That Well, we got an info and stuff. All right. So, info and stuff. <clears throat> info and stuff. IMDb, uh, it has a 5.6 out of 10. It's available on Hulu in the United States. Uh, its production was by Flying Bark Production. I'm not kidding on this. <laughs> oh, I, I saw that name. I figured that had to be a production studio made for the production of this film. Possibly. It does happen. Uh, I'm probably going to mis- mispronounce this word, but... It makes sense. It's Australian. Tr- uh, this whole movie is Australian. It is. Which I'm very, I mean, like, this was an, the, like the idea that it was made f- by Australians in Australia yeah. was fascinating. I Indeed. found that, I found that very interesting. Um, Not the most interesting thing in this film. Submissa PTY Limited, distributed here in the United States by Hulu. Its release date was May 29th, 2020. Box office. Uh, it didn't really have much of a box office, but according to what I uh, discovered, it earned a total of seven point seven or eight point one million dollars worldwide. 
Uh, it did have a sequel in a TV series. It had a 26 episode TV t- TV series called 100% Wolf Legend of the Wolfstone season one that aired on ABC M M E from December 28th, 2020. So that is all. Uh, apparently there is thought and rumor and possible actual legitimate sequel of um a what they're calling 200% wolf. Well, that's the only sequel name that would make sense. That is true. Maybe then he'll be a buffer poodle. A buffer poodle. <laughs> well, instead of being a toy wear toy poodle, he'd be an actual wear poodle. True. No, they just call him a wear poodle throughout the whole thing. They never mentioned the fact that he's a toy poodle. Super Mark. Ruff. Wrong dog. Yeah, parent Bolt. Yes. All right, you're in for the summary. In some cases, I really wish I was watching Bolt right now. (laughs) I wish we were reviewing Bolt right now. You ready? Yeah. Uh, Freddy Lupin is the young heir to a werewolf pack that has been protecting their local town for years. When he attempts to follow his family during their nightly patrol using a magical moonstone, he loses the moonstone to Foxwell Crip, an ice cream man, and Flash Art is apparently killed when he falls off a cliff. Freddy's Uncle Hotspur becomes the new pack leader. Of course, he's only supposed to be a regent, technically. Yeah. Because he's holding it, for, he's supposed to be holding it for Freddy until Freddy comes of old age. enough to become a werewolf to, 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 to transform for the first time. But, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, six years later, the time comes for Freddy to experience his first wolf transformation. Wolfie. But despite the encouragement of longtime housekeeper, Miss Mutton, he is humiliated when he turns into a poodle instead. Faced with the disdain of his pack, Freddy is challenged to prove his wolf status by Moonrise the next day or risk being banished. Freddy decides to try and retrieve the Moonstone from Crip. While searching in town, Freddy befriends Batty, a stray dog, also known as Houndini, for her ability to escape the dog catchers consistently. Batty leads her to Crypt, where they are both caught by dog catchers and placed in Coldfax Dog Pound. After an escape attempt goes wrong, Freddy is sent to a pit with the Beast, an unknown not monster that supposedly eats dogs. Freddy learns that the Beast is actually his father. The dog catchers captured Flash Art after he was injured by the fall, and Hotspur left him in Coldfax with a silver bracelet to keep him trapped in his wolf state. Batty and the other dogs escape into the vents and help Freddy free his father. Freddy leads Flash Art and the dogs home to confront Hotspur. Crip attacks the other wolves with a mass of silver concentrate, but Freddy stops Crip's attack. <sighs> Excuse me. Hotspur tries to attack while the other wolves are weakened by the silver, but the dogs are able to, to get the wolves to safety while Freddy lures his uncle to the mansion roof. Transforming back into a poodle in the moonlight and accepting his form, Freddy lets out a loud roar to affirm his status as an alpha wolf sending Hotspur back into the mansion affirming his failure as a leader. Sometime later, Freddy's reflections reveal that not only have werewolves and dogs gotten on better terms, but the pack has also opened the mansion up to all dogs, while Hotspur and his children reduced to dog walkers and picking up after the mutts, while Coldfax is shut down. Flashstar has returned to his old role as pack leader, but assures Freddy that he is proud of him and believes he will be a good leader when the time comes. <coughs> Excuse me. This movie, this movie is apparently adapted 
mm-hmm. from James Lyon, Jane Lyons's 2009 novel of the same name. And that is the only trivia I could find for this film. Really? Yes. So, uh, what is your first like? My first like is watching this film. I'm thinking, okay, they brought this plot point up. They brought this plot point up. They brought this plot. It's never going to come back up. Because I'm thinking in my mind, like, it's only going to run like one or two plot points. And they're never going to come back to any of these. (laughs) Never. I was pleasantly surprised on all points on this movie with the be like they bring up the 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 dog pound they bring up um hotspur they bring up like all these little different things of the ice cream man they brought him back um they just be like it was surprising they picked up at all the point all the little little hints or little you know our plot points they they brought up throughout the film and they actually stuck to it and i was like okay that's that's something yeah that's something to this film and like some films they absolutely just drop they drop everything to go this direction and then they just like ultimate avengers last week yeah it was just like what in the be like you're setting all this stuff and you drop it for a fight with mm-hmm. one of your characters this movie they actually consistently keep with their plot points and continue and um have a continuation with the with that plot point. It may not make a whole lot of sense in some capacities, but they keep with the plot points and they continue with that stuff. And I thought that was very, very good from a story from a story writing standpoint. What about you? I like that Hotspur appears to have actually thought his plan all the way through. Yeah. To the fact that he has contingency plans when he finds out the dog catchers actually picked up his, uh, his brother, his nephew. No, I mean his brother. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's right. At that's the right. Beginning, at the beginning of the film, it's yeah. revealed later that he thought through that, that he did that, but yeah, he probably would have liked it if his brother had died, but yeah. Oh, he's, he, he got knocked out and then got picked up by the dog pound. Mm-hmm. That's good. Well, I'll just, we'll just keep him locked up in here so he can't come back. Hmm. And we'll apparently buy that the dog pound so we can make sure he never comes back. Mm. Assuming he didn't already own the dog pound. Right. That part is never explained if he owned it before then or not. But either way, it's not really important. Yeah. Um, I kind of wonder, obviously he kept saying, Osberg did kept saying that his nephew was not a high howler material. Mm-hmm. But I kind of wonder if he somehow knew he wasn't going to turn into a wolf. Because he never seemed nervous during that initial scene, the yeah. wolfen scene. So the fact that he turned into a a dog, which mm-hmm. would be disgraceful for them as far as they're concerned at the right. time, it's almost like he saw it coming. Mm. He knew that's what was going to happen. Mm. And I maybe that's because of who his mother is that we never got to find out meat. True. But I don't know. So yeah, I, I it really felt like Hotspur was a very competent villain. Uh, the only thing he did not account for was the ice cream man that had the moonstone. More on that later. Right. What's your second like? Uh, the predictability of this movie. 
like you 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 can see plot points coming ahead like but like there again they keep with their plot points yeah and it's not we're gonna drop every single thing because we're incompetent writers like every like i said before plot points are held through to the end and i like the predictability where it's one of those films where it's like okay you see things coming a mile away it's like oh okay when um uh what's what's the, what's our main character's name again uh freddy freddy when freddy is thrown into the, the beast layer and i'm like it's like, okay it's the dad it has to be the dad oh please i knew it the minute they said what's down there it's like oh it's a beast that eats dogs it's the dad mm. i knew it as soon as they said that it's like mm. Well, at least they didn't kill him. That's at least different from Lion King. That is true. So much that early early part felt like they were setting up the dog version, of the werewolf version of the Lion King. Yeah. It was really it's predictable, but it's not eye-rolling predictable. It's, right. it's like, oh, okay. It, it's not the, oh my gosh, they're doing this. But it's like, oh, okay, here, here's, a, here's a nice, pleasant surprise we saw coming. But yeah, just like, like it was a very predictable, but not stupidly tragic. Yes. What is your second like? I thought the character of Batty was uh, was extremely believable. Mm-hmm. I mean, she is obviously she had a she has a, you know, the tragic backstory mm-hmm. of the one puppy who didn't of the litter who didn't get picked up at the toys at the toy store at the uh the pup at the pet store oh gosh that i do have to wonder why the pet shop owner mm-hmm. then just... just puts her in a box and sets her outside as if well there's no other puppies to put in the in the window and i've got to go do something else so bye i do have to wonder about that but yeah her whole backstory where she just wants a home I thought was extremely believable and how she kind of is. I don't she, She's her, her entire journey from meeting Freddie to learning who Freddie is, then mm-hmm. how she has to rationalize that in her head based off her previous beliefs and what she knows of Freddie, mm-hmm. even though she's still mad at him for lying to her, even though yeah. he tried so stinking hard to tell her at one mm-hmm. point at a, at a good point in the story. It was yeah. not one of those. Oh, he had three tries and he kept going on about it. It's like, no, first chance he got to tell her where uh, to, to try and wear up. He got to, I'm a werewolf. Yeah. It's like, Batty, you should have caught on what he's trying to say to yeah. you by now, but I'll accept that you didn't get it. But, and maybe that's why she doesn't get too mad at him when she learns he's actually a werewolf. Yeah. But, <laughs> i don't know it's i like the way her character was handled on all this i do have to wonder though if dogs are intelligent enough to be able to carry on conversations with wolf humans why they don't act smarter as dogs why aren't the humans picking up on more intelligence than they're seeing right but then at the same time they they just see the werewolves as wolves so mm. And the wolves can't communicate in in human language. So right. I guess I kind of get that, but still. Anyway, what's your third like? My third like is, do you get a Hamlet slash the Lion King kind of vibe from this film? 
I brought that up a minute ago. You did. It's very Macbeth. Yeah, Macbeth. That's what I was. That's looking really for, what it feels more like is Macbeth. Yeah, but uh, it doesn't go through with it. Is my problem. Mm. Well, being a person who has never read Macbeth, I uh, a play that was parodying Macbeth. Ah, okay. Well, it was about a comp- a play company that was extremely low, uh, extremely a no a no budget theater. Yeah, putting on Macbeth. Oh, okay. Is what I was in a production of production of a no budget theater tr- play. Tr- right. Putting on Macbeth. I mean, our costumes for that, for, for that, for that play, we had like a, a Coke, you, you know, the uh, Coke can things for here. Yes. Yeah, the tabs, the tabs. We had chain mail made up of those. Seen that. Our trumpets were plungers. Go figure. Yeah. It was, it was, it was meant to look just cheesy as possible. Mm-hmm. So that's what I know of Macbeth. I've not actually read Macbeth myself. Ah, okay. I own a copy of the Klingon Hamlet, but that doesn't tell you anything. <laughs> yeah. So either or be like, yeah, like definitely Lion King of this idea of the, the uncle betrays and the uncle who's trying to scheme and the, the, the son who is lost and he comes back and uh, reveals the uncle's DV schemes. And uh, I enjoyed that for the most part. I was like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm definitely getting you know, like for someone who watched the Lion King growing up and it's a, far superior movie this one yes um but i like when when you get those kind of vibes and you you get that that sense of it's like oh okay i i get a lot of shakespearean kind of uh like tension and drama going on in this movie we'll get to some more of that stuff in a few minutes yeah so that's my that's my third like what's yours uh my third like is the lighting coming off the moon yeah. during the pretty much throughout the entire movie i mean they never use it as like a widespread thing it feels like it's more of a moon laser beam mm. in some ways but that makes sense with kind of the wolf transformation ceremony mm-hmm. and such and how they have to make that work you know later on in the film or maybe it's just like a moon bright spot it's hard to tell exactly what that is but i did like the way the the moon at least felt special yeah in this and the whole transformation when they're in the when uh when when they're in the subway mm-hmm. and the sun keeps hitting him, and, oh yeah, it flickers and just and it flickers. It's like yeah, I said, oh, I bet that does hurt. Mm-hmm. Trying, it's only your second transformation. It's at a bad part of the day. It's after you've been used to being on all fours for more than twelve hours. Mm-hmm. I bet that does hurt, especially since your transformation looks a ton more painful than everybody else's does. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I like the the, uh, the way the light worked with the transformations. I gotcha. Which brings us to our dislikes. What's your first? My first dislike, and this could be a rant. <laughs> Dogs <laughs> versus werewolves? <laughs> really? And here, here's my explanation here. So the werewolves in this movie are... I can answer your question as to why the dogs and the werewolves are fighting each other. Or yes. don't like each other. Yeah. And the answer is racism. Okay, explain. I that. think it's analogous to racism. Okay, because they're both canines. Yeah, one just happens to also turn into humans and is a lot bigger when they are dogs. That makes sense. That makes Which sense. Which then raises anyway. the question. Well, it's because it's going to lead into my dislike. Why he's the only wear poodle? Yeah. Which 
but we'll get into that later. Yeah, I, I, I like that analogy. I do. I really do like that analogy. I, I, I really think it's kind of a racism thing, and it's them putting against putting aside their racial mm-hmm. uh, stereotypes to yeah. work together to take out the real bad guys. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. That's 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 a very good point. That's the closest thing I can think to what yeah. they were trying to do. Yeah, I, I do. I, I don't even think that worked too well. Yeah, I, I completely agree. The, the fact that the werewolves are the superheroes that are going around and saving humans, yeah. but they don't like humans. They're going around saving humans, but Actually, they Actually, that just reminds me what it kind of is more like. X-Men. The werewolves are X-Men. Hmm. Because they're being persecuted by they're the he- dog. They're heroes trying to save humanity. Trying to save people, but the, well, the, everyone hates, hates them. Yeah. The humans don't like them. Almost the humans don't care, except for the ice cream man which we'll get to him in a minute yeah that's just too weird um but um yeah it's kind of like it's very much an x-men thing of trying to save the world including the people who hate you yeah so yeah kind of like, right. like the allegory of that not allegory of what jesus to be like love those who persecute you love those who hate you right right um but it's just that'd be like the the, the I, I love your points i do absolutely love those those are really good points uh and it's just like, what in the world is going on here? And it's just like the we, we never we never really get a full explanation of be like, <laughs> is there is there a dog league who they are against? Because all we see them going, I'll be like, they never fight against the dogs. There's never really any but like plot points. This is completely utterly dropped, except be like they don't like each other. Yeah. And apparently they're in some kind of war, but we're we're never shown any of this. And it's just like dogs don't like werewolves and werewolves and, don't like dogs. Yeah. That's about it. There, there's no really a real explanation. Why there's be like hotel Transylvania, for example, be like gives really good examples of why you don't trust humans and this and this and this, right? This movie gives you nothing except be like, Oh, we just don't like each other. We're at war with each other. No explanation why there's a war nothing 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 saying war and i don't even remember them bringing up war other than dogs and wolves don't just don't like each other and because they're in each other's territory i guess maybe and i get why the dogs are scared of the werewolves because the werewolves are huge yeah and they're much bigger dogs and they don't appear to be friendly because they don't like dogs true and admittedly most of the werewolves we see in in this film are the aristocratic yeah exactly people who feel there are they live on a house on top of a hill yeah overlooking the town they're course, entitled they they're extremely entitled but they're running around like superheroes saving humans i, I that's actually what where i bring up the question why are they doing that yeah that makes no sense and i guess if while Flashheart is leading him he's just kind of a good guy yeah and so he sees this as part of his duty as maybe semi-ruling over people's like because of the great power with great responsibility yeah maybe is what his thinking is granted we'll get more into this in a minute when i get to one of my dislikes right but anyway but it's like there i'll be like i would have loved to see if, if they could have fleshed this out a little bit more of seeing be like why there's so much tension like your explanations are very well done the allegory of racism and the whole bit but it's all of, guesswork it's all guesswork at the point because we're giving nothing Except, oh, we don't like each other, or we're at war, or we're at conflict with each or other. Something. Why? You know what? I'm going to jump ahead to my second. Go for it. Uh, dislike. 
I'm going to skip the one I initially was teasing for, and I'll come back to it later. Mm. There are too many antagonists in this film. Thank you. And there's the reason there's too many antagonists is because there's too many plot lines. Yeah, agreed. And there's too many plot lines because I really feel like this was intended to be the pilot film for a TV series, which apparently there was a TV series based on mm-hmm. this. <laughs> because what it feels like is they had to introduce all the villains at one time. Mm-hmm. So you've got uh, Hotspur, who I still think of as Wolf Scar. Yeah. Because that's who he is. Yeah, pretty much. You've got, and he's at least competent as a villain. Mm-hmm. Not very good villain, but he's at least competent. Mm-hmm. Unlike the lady who has the machine that turns dogs into wigs somehow. Oh, gosh, that stupid plot. The Doberman who went nowhere. True. We got beat up by the Chihuahua, apparently. Which was hilarious. And I have other problems with that scene, but they're actually not able to make my dislike list because I had too, so many other dislikes based on that scene. But Right. Uh, and then you've got him. Did you ever watch a show called Fairly Odd Parents? No. On Nickelodeon? Nope. Do you know the shtick of the show? The basic idea? Yeah, I think so. Timmy has, you know, he, he, has he got, thinks he has, he's got, he thinks he has a crappy life. Yeah. So he gets fairy godparents to grant him wishes mm-hmm. and every wish he grants causes trouble and he has to learn, you know, maybe mm-hmm. things are all right the way they are yeah. and it's not as bad as he thinks it is, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, one of the things he continually has to deal with is the fact that his teacher is an insane person who's trying to catch fairies. That makes and has uh, about the same resources as this ice cream man for no good reason. Yeah. What is with our modern uh, kids movie kids kids property creators and creating characters who technically should be so poor that they can't afford the cars they're driving. Yeah. And give them so many resources enough to build a werewolf museum that's not even done very well, by the way. Yeah. What we saw. A ice cream truck that is filled with spy equipment. <laughs> is a is a mobile lab? Yeah. It has a DNA splicer in it. Yeah. What the? That, what? Is, that is on the same control panel as the strawberry ice cream, I might add. For that stupid joke. Right. Also, did you catch how it's separated uh, Freddy's DNA when he finally got that? Yeah, it was like... It's like, like 100% wolf, 100% kid, and 100% dog. That's 300%. Yeah. <laughs> and even if you actually did that correctly and was doing 33 33 and we'll say 34 to make an even 100. Yeah. Dog and wolf are going to be close enough together. One thing, he shouldn't have any wolf, technically, because he's werewolf. Yeah. That's different than wolf. Mm-hmm. And he's not even a werewolf. He's a were-poodle. <laughs> That's true. He's a were-poodle. So wolf should not even be in the genetic makeup of this kid. Mm. It should be 50% human, 50% poodle. Mm-hmm. But no, that stupid tech, the, the super, the super tech that he got from the, from 
I don't know the fairy godparents he must have caught in order to generate this equipment. (laughs) I don't know where it came from. Oh my gosh, yeah. The guy had no money. He couldn't get people to buy his own ice cream. He he got people to buy the ice cream. We no, we only saw one customer. Yeah, we did. (laughs) And she called him weird. And the guy is so insane that he thinks his stuffed monkey is alive. Mm-hmm. This guy shouldn't be allowed near kids. <laughs> Much less selling them ice cream. True. I don't understand this character trope in modern in, in modern kids stuff. Yeah. Of the of the random guy who is the evil perpetrator of all the of all the dastardly deeds in the area. He can't Okay, here's the thing. He's got an ice cream truck and a werewolf museum. That is not selling well at all. It's not selling well. Why do you not? Obviously, the werewolf stuff is not not selling well. Maybe switch that out. Have a a mobile werewolf museum thing and a ice cream parlor where you can get people to come in and spend money in your establishment and you can sell them more than just a scoop a day. True. Have a restaurant built up. Now, granted, I still don't think you kids should be allowed anywhere near this place because you're a nut. But, <laughs> but with all these antagonists and all these plot lines, you have too much to keep up with for what is essentially a very shallow story. It is very shallow. Good night. It feels like we just ran across. Uh, it's it's a show shallow. You barely your feet barely get wet, but you have to run a hundred miles to get to to get to the end of this film because of how many different plot points it has to run through. Mm-hmm. Even though your feet barely get wet, yeah. There are just too many antagonists and too many plot lines for, for what feels like this is one movie. Mm-hmm. There was no guarantee of a TV show. There never is a guarantee of a TV show. Right. Unless this was made as like uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars was. Yeah. Where they knew they were making the TV show was being made first and then they decided to make a movie to introduce it. Mm -hmm. That would be one thing. If that's what happened, that kind of makes sense. But this really does feel like, oh, we just need to have a lot. We we need to have him face so many obstacles that's going to be next to impossible for him to get back in time. And that's not even getting into the fact that the, those other two kids were locked in the attic and their dad never noticed it. Oh, gosh, that plot point. For 24 hours. In an unconditioned attic. I wanted them to turn into to, to backfire on, uh, on their father and turn into dogs. And actually be Freddy's friends. That's really kind of where it felt like it was going to go for a while after they... We're stuck up there for a while. It's like, oh, they're going to come down. And they're going to be like, dude, why do we do that? Let's, uh, no one ever came. We don't want to be wolves. We want to go hang out, do all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe they're antagonists later too. And that's why we, 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 they didn't get a good role either. Maybe. I don't know. But anyway, what's your second dislike? My second dislike, uh, like you brought, you brought it up. So I'm, I'm switching it up a little bit. 
like like you said before, there's too many antagonists. But but like you have the 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 uncle who wants to crave power, and he does all the like he's the good villain. Everybody yeah. else is a second tier joke of a villain. Yes, like you you have the uh, the uh, the the uh, the kennel owner who's just like really your whole stick is be like you want to make wigs and you're in cahoots with the uncle like that that is just like what in the i mean like i understand you're trying to make a bigger story but this is more confusing than anything else and it's stupid and then you get the doberman who goes nowhere with that story don't get me started on the doberman do you realize the doberman could have had a really good redemption arc and he was moments from it yeah agreed but he never did anything with it and they never showed him being a little iffy when they were doing the widescreen shot of him on the computer monitor. Mm-hmm. It's like, he's never showing him being iffy. Yeah. Watching that animation. Yeah. Like, do I do something? Do I not do something? And then he doesn't do anything because that's his last scene, basically. Yeah. It's like, and, and we, ne- we, greatness. We, 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 we never get a resolve of his character. Serby. Serby. Yeah. Cerberus. Yes. Yeah, we never get a, a a full solution to his story arc because the little, little mad chihuahua like shows up. I can't remember the character's name, but it's just mad chihuahua, you know, uh, shows up. Twitchy, Twitchy, that makes sense. Twitchy, Twitchy shows up in all rage and just blows the machine up because apparently, you know, little chihuahuas can do that, and the machine turns dogs into hair hair pieces. I mean, when you go berserk, that's true. Though, granted. The animation of her going, that's one of the biggest problems with the animation in this. And this isn't one of my dislikes. It's just a point I'm bringing up. Mm. There is no dynamic action at all in any of this animation. No, there's not. It is all very like utilitarian. It's like, yeah, they animated her attacking, but they never made it look like it was anything more than the computer model hitting it. Yeah. They never made it look like it was fast or ferocious or anything. Mm-hmm. It's just like, mm. Or when she gets vacuumed up mm-hmm. somehow. Yeah. I just don't get how that worked. From as far away as she was. Yeah. <coughs> if she was still in the cell, I'd have given it to him. But even that, she doesn't look like she's... It doesn't, it's not animated very well. But anyway. Yeah, agreed. Continue. Agreed. Yeah. And then you get uh, the, the, the ice cream dude. Be like, he shows up. Be like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to help this kid. Cause he's getting kidnapped by werewolves. And he's the only person around who's a werewolf conspiracist. And he's, he's help He's hell bent on destroying the werewolves because they ate this kid. And the, it's just like, it's like, what in the world? Like your point was great. Cause I loved your point of the fact to be like, he's this guy who sells ice cream, but for some reason he can have an entire tech lab with weapon, like an entire wolf arsenal behind him because he has their stone and like none of that. May, I mean, I understand it's a funny little kid thing, but like, just, just give us something to grab the, onto. The, the problem is not that they did it's a kid's movie and they did things solely for the point of it being oh this would be funny this would make the kids laugh yeah the problem is there's no logic behind it no there's not and that's the that's the difference here you look at stuff like uh disney and pixar and dreamworks epic mm-hmm. so, and sony uh pictures animation mm-hmm. and uh what's the one that, that warner brothers had uh animal logic yeah they all make a point that if they do something goofy 
they either make it obvious this is meant solely for the joke and you're not supposed to think about it. Yeah. Or they get you plenty of logic behind what's happening. Yeah, and there's none in this. There's no logic in this film. It's just like, oh, this is happening because it's a cartoon. Yeah. Just pure, pure craziness. Oh, he's he now has a tech lab in his the, ice cream truck the, and the, it, there's no nothing to this be like is this guy selling you know black market ice cream for you know like what's going on is like, he has all this werewolf tech it? yeah exactly ice cream salesman and he and obviously no one believes his werewolf stuff yeah because he's like a kook yes but so how some, can he afford half of this yeah, so like you have the you have the tech lab, at which he, he can me, analyze everything. At least give me the joke that he has taken out so many loans, he's always being chased around by creditors. Yeah, I think Fairly Odd Parents at least did that. But this is just like no, he's just a kook, kooky, crazy ice cream man who's for some reason has a lot of money. Yeah, maybe he inherited it. We don't know. Yeah, no explanation to it. Like a lot in this movie, there's no real explanation. Oh, it's just this. That's yeah. it. Like, like a little kid will understand if you give them a little, like a little bit of a diamond of a story and it's like, oh, this is the reason. Oh, that makes sense. And the thing is, we're not asking for much. No, we're not asking for a whole scene that explains this. I'm asking for one line in a strategic place that will explain what's going on. I don't need a big, big, you know, drawn out half hour sequence. I need. Oh, yeah, it's a good thing that, uh, you know, we inherited all that money from my great aunt. Uh, maurice or whatever yeah that would have answered that question i would have moved on it's like okay he's flush with money because he's uh he inherited a bunch of it okay yeah. cool oh uh why does she want to make uh wigs out of dogs well uh she's uh i don't know she's uh, bald apparently well she is bald there's that joke but i mean it's like a dog she just has a preference for dog fur and or maybe she's just killing two birds with one stone. She needs a quick way to make a lot of wigs and he needs a way to get rid of dogs. Tell me that. Yeah. I may think it's stupid. I may think it's dumb, but it makes as much sense as Corolla DeVille wanting to skin a hundred, hundred one, a 99 puppies to make a coat. Mm-hmm. And I accept that. Yeah. Give me an explanation, especially since one of these dogs that you're going to, Mickey wig out of is a chihuahua. <laughs> How much hair are you getting off a chihuahua? <laughs> it ain't a big dog to begin with, and it don't got much hair. <laughs> now, granted, I know where you're getting it from the Scotty. <laughs> he got plenty of hair. <laughs> or, or, well, uh, I can't remember his name, but the one that only says ball. Oh, like, yeah. He doesn't have much fur either. I think it's Bruce, I think. Bruno or Bruno, it's Bruno, because I kept thinking, oh yeah, we could say we don't talk about uh, Bruno. Bruno, yeah, and then it's like that joke never is going to come up, except no. we just said it. Yeah, <laughs> nobody talks about Bruno Ball because ball, he only ball, says ball. Ball. <laughs> ball. It's like, did you just record the creepiest guy saying that word and just <laughs> got it, got him to say it about seven times so you could throw it in at random spots? Because that's what it sounds like you did. But anyway, but yeah, it's like, like you said, be like, it has very, it has too many plot points and it has way too many antagonists and half the antagonists make no sense whatsoever. It's like, just make it the uncle, make it the assistant and be like, like, why do you have to drag the, 
the the ice cream guy back into the story when obviously it makes no sense. But like, yeah, he's trying to find revenge for this okay. kid, but it just like, yeah, you want to fix this. It's very it, there's there's an, actually a very easy thing to do. Don't have the ice cream man be so revenge stricken on, you know, being revenge vengeful for this kid. Mm. Yeah, he found the moonstone. So, of course, he has it. He doesn't know what it is. Mm-hmm. He probably doesn't even know it's connected to the wolves. Don't show him making that connection at the beginning. Just say, have him find this weird diamond uh, ring thing. Yeah. And he just doesn't feel like giving it up. And uh, that's why they have to go to his place to get it, because he's got the ring. Do that. And then when you get there, you give this whole explanation about how he's afraid of dogs and wolves because he saw, you know, he saw the werewolf quote-unquote eat that kid mm-hmm. and then that ex- that gives you your explanation for that character without him being a tertiary antagonist mm-hmm. anyway yeah so that is my second dislike what is your third oh, i'm still on my second okay why is he the only wear dog that is true a i can at least give this much explanation he's the only werewolf of his age We'll give him that much. Okay. The only other characters we see his age in the film mm-hmm. that technically could be were were dogs mm-hmm. are uh, hot are, are his cousins. Yeah, and they apparently not old enough to transform yet. Yeah, so they could be dogs, and we don't know it. Yeah, but if this is really a trend, why is he the only were dog we've seen so far? Why are they acting like this is new? And for what reason do the quote-unquote mythical moon gods that supposedly decide what type of wolf you turn into, which is the only explanation we get for any of this, Mm -hmm. why did they decide to turn him into a dog? Mm. Why? The, the The only explanation I can figure out is that he can, you know, uh, bring the two groups together. That's the only reason I can think of. And if, and if you had given me like a weird prophecy, kind of thing that maybe would have spoke to that give me more of a hint other than he's a dog well then we hate him he's obviously not good enough to be a wolf it's like does this happen before and you've had to expel people because they actually because through no fault of their own they turned into dogs Mm. is this a thing it's it's brought up to give an excuse as to why he's got to go find the moonstone in 24 hours Mm. but they never go into why this is a big deal other than they just hate dogs yeah which makes me wonder then are all the dogs in this universe descended from werewolves who turned into dogs instead of wolves Mm. and then for some reason they now can't turn back into humans they're stuck Mm. they would give an explanation as to why they're still you know as intelligent as the wolves while other animals like the cat weren't Mm. That's the only explanation I can come up with. So here, here's one I'm again, just kind of boiling over. See if you like it or not. So what if, because there again, we don't know about the mother. There's a lot that they don't explain in this. Film. No, there's not. So the the mother, like uh, Freddie's mother, Freddie's uh-huh. mother, we're never given an explanation who she was. We know she died at some point, but. And I they, can accept she was the dog. She was a dog. Yeah, that, that could have been it. Be like he he married her for love, not that that could be like she was a, a were dog. Mm-hmm. He he kept that secret, and uh, maybe he was going to tell his son that be like, hey, be like, this is going to happen when you you know you know when you do your your howling, 
and be you like, can tell they're... he was kind of sort of prepping him for the idea that he wasn't going to be a big bad wolf like his like his father was right because he was given this whole thing about you know it doesn't matter what kind of wolf you are mm-hmm. on the outside it matters the wolf you are on the inside right and uh, it's not our choice what type of wolf we turn into when we turn it's all sorts of making trying to instill that it's whatever the fact that you're not going to be what you want to be is not your fault yeah and it doesn't change who you are is what he's trying to instill at him as a child from a young age but of course he's a kid and doesn't care yeah he wants to be you know just as cool and big and bad a wolf as his dad is of course of course but he know you get get the feeling his father's not even that surprised right he meets his son and he's a poodle he's confused at first because you know he wasn't expecting a poodle to be thrown into his cage Mm mm-hmm but then he would have been just as surprised if another wolf got thrown in there and it happened to have been his son too. Yeah. He kind of knew once he realized, oh, wait a minute, this is my dad. This is my son. Well, of course, he's a poodle. That's why his mother was too. Why am I surprised? It's yeah. what it feels like. Yeah, that's what it seems like, but it's never explained. No. And that would have been a great explanation. Like you get in this flashback to kind of like how they do in Old Transylvania is like you get this how much he loved his wife and like the whole bit but it's be like it's one of those things where like maybe she was like you know murdered or something like that she died in an accidental death or something like that but she got run over by a car yeah something like that chasing a ball out into the street yeah because she did because you can tell the dog tendencies are strong in in freddy also yeah i gotta get that cat (laughs) yeah maybe she was chasing a cat and got hit by a car accidentally yeah but just something there again, we're not given any explanations of this movie except, oh, here's our story. That's it. It's like, oh, I wish mom was still here. She says, yeah, I wish she was too. Yeah. Anyway, let's yeah. get home. Anyway. Anyways. We on your third? Yes. Did you finish your third? No, I have not. Finish your third. My my third, my final and third dislike of this movie. Oh, the animation in this movie. Uh, there's there's one point where Freddy is going into the werewolf museum and literally the camera stops, scans him. And I'm not joking because I had to go back and rewatch this again. So I watch it and the camera turns down and it stops. And then it goes back. Mm-hmm. But like the animation stops. I'm like, oh, okay, maybe it's my streaming. Maybe it's just, maybe I didn't see it right. Nope. I go back. It's the exact same thing. We have freaking camp. We have uh, animation, like severe animation errors in this movie. And don't get me started on how they animate like young uh, Freddy. Not (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. Be like, he is like over all the human characters. Oh my God. The character designs. Like there's one part where, uh freddy is going in designs are reminiscent of jimmy neutron yeah that makes sense and you shouldn't be reminiscent of that style because that was a bad style (laughs) we're gonna have to review that movie because i've heard the movie is actually pretty decent but okay but oh my gosh like there's so many stinking little errors throughout this entire thing it's i understand be like if you're like a a young animation group and you're trying to do something i get it your animation errors are gonna happen but just like oh my gosh the the animation in this movie is just oh like like you you have like 
enormous errors going on through this film mm-hmm. constantly. You have just like rough animation. Like sometimes it looks like it's rough animation. In some scenes, it looks like it. Yeah. Like, like the dynamics are not good. And just like throughout the entire film, I'm like, can I be watching something else than this? <laughs> the entire yeah. time. I'm going to jump in on this because this kind of fits into what my third dislike is. Yeah. Isn't that this is a cheap, safe movie. Yeah, it is a cheap, safe movie. And you can tell it's cheap because they went with anim- uh, character models that they didn't actually have to animate a whole lot. True. The, all of the hair is plastic. Yeah, literally. And I don't just mean the human hair. Wish Dragon did better. Dog hair looks plastic. It does. It has Wolf a hair. fur texture. Right. It, but this looks like. Okay, yeah. You're right. Wish Dragon did a lot better. Mm-hmm. But there's another movie we saw in 3D that we did not like the 3D anim- We did not like the 3D art design on. Okay. Which one is that? Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Oh gosh. <laughs> that animation, as much as it had to take a long time to grow on me, mm-hmm. really about half the movie, mm-hmm. before I really got to where it's like, yeah, this is fine. Even though that animation I eventually accepted. Yeah. I didn't. I'm not still not 100 happy with it. Yeah, but I accepted it. This never gets to the point of acceptance. Yeah, because the entire time I'm looking at it and going, "Good night." I think the Barbie movies are animated better than this. Oh gosh, <laughs> I bet you the Bratz movies are animated better than this. <laughs> My and if I could think gosh. of the third uh, fashion dolls the the ones that are based off monster high yeah those are animated better than this good night i'll tell you what's animated better than this reboot from 19 oh my what 93 94 94 when the fact that they were able to produce it at all was considered high art wow this is animated poorly it is everything feels like it is students first animation in some cases down to for no good reason the opening titles all being the same size as the screen i don't understand that at all almost every character's hair feels like it's physically a part of their head Mm -hmm. as in they are one object not a bunch of hairs attached to a human head right none of the like i said the hair all the hair feels like plastic which is really weird when you consider the art design they went with for the werewolves in their human form Mm. which all kind of have this wild hair look like they're like they're mangy wolves yeah that but in but in a human form especially um uh hotspur with his mustache oh gosh the mustache that looked horrible this when I, look i was somewhat joking when i said we might have accidentally started bad movie month a week early mm-hmm. i am not exaggerating by much <laughs> dude I, i'm not even trying to be mean about right. this i'm just speaking the truth the only reason i'm saying that the bad movie month movies are worse well emoji movie is going to be fairly close but on concept alone um 
this is just so stinking cheap from an animation perspective, mm-hmm. and the story is so safe from a storytelling perspective that it's not going to challenge any kids. Despite the fact there is a somewhat subplot of a racism allegory thrown in there that they didn't really do anything with. Yeah, agreed. They they they, some, they not, somewhat did with it, but it's just it's yeah, not just and, ah. and and here's the thing. I'm sure this is I don't think I've ever spoken about what it is about this part of how I feel about things, mm-hmm. but I think I've kind of touched on that with a few other reviews. If you are making something for kids, you should not be talking down to them. Agreed. You should be talking to them like, not like, maybe not like they're adults, but <coughs> you should be challenging them to make them think about what you're saying mm-hmm. and and to work with it. That's what Disney does for, for the most part. That's what Pixar does. Nearly every movie. That's what DreamWorks does. That's what uh, heck, ep, uh, Epic uh, Blue Sky yes safe as uh, blue skies movies were half the time Mm -hmm. they challenged kids to think about stuff agreed um animal logic especially with the lego films at least was they were they were mostly making comedies Mm -hmm. but there are legitimate actual plot stories in there that are meant to make you think about i'm going to make kids maybe think about this and trying to figure out why people are acting the way they're acting. And it's not just, it's not just, a, I'm not saying American films are the only ones that do this. Like I said, we watch Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Yeah. Well, for us, that is a teenager to adult movie. Yeah. Because of the amount of violence and action in it. In Japan, that's a kid's film. Yeah. And they, as much, and as much as, there's probably not a whole lot of thinking. They did not talk down to those kids with that film. Yeah, agreed. They did not grant it at this stage. You're playing to a larger audience with Dragon mm-hmm. Ball than if it was like fresh off the thing. But that you you should look at Studio Ghibli. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even talking about stuff like uh, that's you know the very obvious story stuff uh, the, the very obvious uh stuff like uh grave of the fireflies it's got a super serious message mm. even though we know some of the issues with that yeah uh or ocean waves which i hated or pom poco the raccoon movie the raccoon yeah. war movie yeah they did not if that movie had been made over here in america just because of our things they would have left out what caused the raccoons to transform in the first place which I'm not going to talk about here. Right. But they just showed that just because, yeah, this is what it is. The safest movie they did was My Neighbor Totoro. And even that has a lot, as a, makes, is going to make anyone who look, watches that film actually think about what's going on. Yeah. None of those films talk down to kids. The closest thing we've watched that I think we both liked that felt like it was talking down to kids. And I, I, I'm, I'm thinking of is Rockadoodle. And even that, mm-hmm. even, well, it's uh, Don Bluth. Don Bluth has always made sure his stuff was stuff you had to think about, yeah. no matter what age you were. The Adams Family one that we reviewed last year. Yeah. It's the closest I can think to this. 
and even it made True. you think. Yes. This movie does not make you think about a stupid thing other than how long it, until that uh, until this movie is over. Literally, that's what I was thinking as I was going through it, because it's like, okay, yeah, you you did you're doing you're doing making good choices, so some good choices on this story here, but I literally am not having to. Th- 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 you're not challenging any preconceived notion with this. You've made it so safe. And to make matters worse, because you're playing it so safe, you've actually made it to where I can't get invested with any of the characters. I feel no... I, I, I didn't care for any of these characters. Hmm. I tried to look at it as with as open a mind as I thought, uh, as I could. And there are characters who could have been characters I liked. But the movie did nothing to make me want to like them. They didn't make me care about any of these characters because admittedly I knew by the end of it that Freddie was going to have to come to terms with being a were poodle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I kind of knew what he was going to have to do. And guess what? That's what he did. The only thing that tucked in my heartstrings, heartstrings was Batty's story. Yeah. And that I, that didn't hold me in too much to make me actually care for her other than just feel bad for her. Okay. <clears throat> this movie does not ch- challenge anything. And that's why I ultimately don't like it. It's not making you think. Yeah. And there are so many kids movies that I would consider to be shallow that do a better job of making kids think than this movie does. Mm. Fair, completely fair. And I'm if I talk anymore, I'm going to start rattling. Yeah. So let's just go ahead. That was my last slide. Yes. So we need to rate this thing. I want to hear yours first. Four. Okay. That is fair. the lowest rating so far I have given a film. Mm. And the reason I'm getting rating it so low is because it's it's too safe. It's too easy. Mm. it's too it's too cheap it's too cheap to be wanted to care there are going to be movies we review over the course of the next over bad movie month yeah some of them were made just to get to make the cheap buck but some are actually they were trying to make a good film and it just went bad yeah extenuating circumstances caused it to to go weird or maybe they just had a weird thought because you know, from a different country, that sort of thing. Yeah. This feels like they played it so safe that they knew exactly that, that, uh, they knew they weren't going to be offensive to anybody. Fair. And I'm sorry, to some degree, I think if you make a movie, at least somebody somewhere should find something, uh, should be offended at least a little bit by it to some degree. Mm. And this movie is so safe. No one could be offended by it other than how cheap it is. Fair. What, what do you rate it? I'm going to give it a five. I'd be like, there's this, this is a movie that like, I, I, I do agree with one of your points earlier with the idea. It is kind of a racial racist, racialist, racial viewpoint, uh, allegory in a way. In some ways that is also a safe decision to throw into this. Okay. Fair. Everyone talks about racism. True. I, I do. I do like that point. There are certain points in the movie. I do like the animation, was standing is just 
somewhat garbage. There's some scenes where it's good, and most of the time it's not that great. And there's too much stuff going on. Be like, for a little kid, this would be a fun film. An adult, it'll drive you up the wall. Um, but I'm gonna give it a five. It's in the middle. I'm not gonna say it's 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 garbage, but it's not a pile of garbage. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I'm giving it a five. Shall we then move on to what we bo- to something we probably both will consider to be uh, much better entertainment, possibly. Like some uh, Rapunzel Tangled Adventure? Yeah. And the Masters of the Universe! First episode of the night, Pascal's Dragon, directed by Shane Zalvin and written by Dave Schiff. Summary is that Pascal befriends a baby dragon, but as the dragon grows, Pascal has to choose between his new friend and the safety of Corona, which is like, what, two days, Mm -hmm. maybe? Uh, Guest cast for this includes Peter McNichol as Nigel, Suzanne Blakesley as Old Lady Crowley. Diedrich Bader as Stan the Guard, Sean Hayes as Pete the Guard, D. Bradley Baker as Little Big Guy, mm-hmm. and Steve Blum as additional voices. Nice. <coughs> and it took a bit to figure out that D. Bradley Baker is the one who voiced the dragon because it didn't say that on the IMDb, mm. but it said it on, like, a, I, I found it somewhere else. I don't remember where. Okay. Anyway, trivia for this. The episode's title is a nod to the movie Pete's Dragon. This is the first episode of the series to air after two months of hiatus and is the first episode of the series to air in a new decade. I think this was in 2020. Mm -hmm. Uh, And this is the first time a dragon appears during an episode of the series. Hmm. So what are your thoughts? Man, this is a good, this is a good episode. Uh, It's one of those, it's, it's almost it's almost a filler episode, but it gives you a lot of really good story. Yeah, with the, we, I mean, like whenever we get a Pascal-driven story, it's always good because Pascal, I think, is ultimately like the best boy of the series. Yeah, agreed. And he doesn't get a lot of uh, spotlight. That's the word I'm looking mm-hmm. for. He doesn't get a lot of spotlight, so when he does, he, he, they use it very well. They do. I agree. the The fact to be like we we get a dra- we get a, dra- a freaking dragon in the show. Yes, and uh, there's dragons in this 
the seer in this universe, which is freaking amazing because I, I love when they do that. Yeah. Uh, the the fact there that was there was a point though I was tempted to text you when I was watching it this afternoon. It's like, how many more scenes are they going to steal from How to Train Your Dragon? Because <laughs> they stole one immediately, and they stole another one that I looked at and I thought. I thought it was from How to Train Your Dragon, but the more I, I paid attention to it, I realized, no, they didn't steal that scene from How to Train Your Dragon. They stole that from the rescuers down under. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. But I, I like the idea that the, uh, I think it's Nigel. Yes. Yeah, Nigel. We, like, we first see him in uh, uh, the, the last episode of uh, Fear or something. Yeah. But um, like, yeah, we, 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 we were introduced to him first. And his backstory is very interesting. He, like he tried to raise a dragon, and the dragon nearly destroyed the town. He had to let go of the dragon. And I understand his motivation of you know, like we can't we can't trust dragons. And um, clearly we can. Yeah, clearly you can. And it's this idea that like Pascal just attaches himself to this you know this dragon and be like, and they start sharing each other's traits. And I thought yes. that was really interesting that Pascal at one point starts turning into a dragon. And I thought it was I really was so, he he, fire, he blows fire, which is I like was that's so, a cool that's a cool little lizard. I was so hoping that was going to be a permanent change. <laughs> that because he befriended this other dragon, he get dragon abilities, which means then obviously what's going to be the super final fight of this franchise uh-huh. series. I know there's a super final fight because I've seen the screenshots, you know, that Disney Plus puts on there on the episodes, uh-huh. and one of them is obvious, you know, uh. Felix says not the character's name Eugene 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 on on the back of a horse getting ready to charge mm-hmm. so it's like well I know that there's a big battle coming mm-hmm. uh but now we don't have little Pascal dragon that's gonna come by and help him because apparently he didn't get to keep those powers yeah once which was little sad. big guy left yeah which then makes me think please 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 have little big guy make in a make a quick appearance during the during the series finale just one little dragon to come in and just kind of show cassandra what she's missed (laughs) oh gosh but yeah this was a good episode your best friends uh chameleon has made friends with a dragon Dragon. (laughs) uh and rapunzel's thing be like oh it couldn't hurt it's just a marble that like Like, that's an awful big marble yeah that's a that that's the size of crystal ball that Madame Canardis would use. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, but yeah, this was a fun episode. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I, I, I I'm trying to remember if there there's more appearances of dragons later. I can't remember because it's been if, a while. If there since is, I'm... don't tell me. I want to be surprised. Yeah, same here. But a part of me like really is is really really hoping little big guy will make one last appearance during the battle yeah preferably coming into battle with pascal riding on his riding riding him like a hiccup (laughs) that would be funny that would be funny uh i don't recall that episode that scene but there again it's been a while since i've watched the the whole series fair but uh really enjoyed it and uh yeah let's get into the next episode yeah uh, next episode is Islands Apart, mm. <laughs> directed by Philip Pignotti and written by Leanna Dindle. In this episode, Al makes a sudden reappearance while, while delivering a message that forces Eugene and Rapunzel to return to the island of Lorbs, where they reconnect with the captain of the guard. 
Guest cast for this includes Clancy Brown as King Frederick, MC Ganey as the Captain of the Guard, Hudson Deandra as Little Cassandra, mm-hmm. Cassie Glow as Kid Cassandra. Yes, this was two separate people. Uh huh. Flula Borg as Alphonse, Jennifer Veal as Enchanted Girl, and uh, Steve Richard Stephen Horfit Horvitz as Jorn. Which, of course, you know he was Alpha 5 <laughs> in Power Rangers. Uh, trivia for this is that the episode's title is a play on Worlds Apart. Mm-hmm. Good night. This episode is fun. It is fun. The oh, Okay, so uh, first we, we, we go back to this island again. To, yeah, I, it's like, great. Minute, <laughs> the minute I heard we were going back to the island of the Lorbs, I thought, we spent too much time on this island to begin with. True. And we're going back. Or at least it's only two of us and it's only one episode. <laughs> but they get back there and well, you get that, that flashback and he's telling the story of how he kept looking for Cassandra. Mm-hmm. And we see Cassandra has been missing some sun. Yeah, a Her little skin bit. tone Ooh. has lightened. Ooh considerably since the last time she showed up yeah it's like huh you need some better skincare there cassandra you think you're getting you're looking a little pale sitting under the moon the the moon rocks a little too much a little too much yes oh gosh but you you can't even just blame that on his memory because later on when we actually see cassandra uh you know in present day she's still at the very end uh, she still has her the pale skin. Yeah, it's like Cassandra's a vampire now, mm-hmm. a blue-haired anime vampire. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, but, um, yeah. Yeah, we do get the return of the Lorbs, mm-hmm. and of course they have their stupid magic that is dumb. It always is. It's always dumb and it's always destructive. Right. But in this case, it's like, oh yeah, you throw a, you, 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 it's a wish fountain. Mm-hmm. You throw a coin in, you make a wish, and you get nine days of peace. And then all heck breaks, heck breaks loose. loose. Good night. I I I thought it was going to be bad when Bird Cassandra, all the Bird Cassandra show. Oh, up. that was fun. But, oh, there's a callback. I wasn't expecting. And then you get every other Cassandra uh-huh. in every other clothing that you've ever seen mm-hmm. show up. And literally, when Blackrock Cassandra, which is what the what the uh, closed captioning called her, mm-hmm. showed up, I thought, is that the real one or is this another illusion? I need an answer right now. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> and I should have known it was the fake one because she still had, that Cassandra had, still had normal skin. Mm. She wasn't white yet <laughs> or pale yet. Right. But, um. Oh man, that whole sequence is like, I felt for him. Mm-hmm. He's like, he's got the, the last happy memory he truly had of Cassandra was must have been when she was still four mm. because, you know, he was busy. He couldn't always be there to take care of yeah. her. And yeah, he loved her. And yeah, he was wanting to start over because mm-hmm. he recognized he made a lot of mistakes and probably feels just as guilty, if not more guilty mm-hmm. than Rapunzel feels for what Cassandra has done. And how betrayed he must feel. Mm-hmm. 
so yeah he's looking for an escape and a way to start over again so honestly i feel for the guy yeah he is trying his he is looking for a way to fix things and unfortunately he's gone down the wrong direction to fix things so yeah anyway yeah this is like this episode is done very well there there are moments where it's the 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 captain of the guard he is uh like made his wish and he wants to be with his daughter he wants to be with the daughter he remembers uh-huh. and it's like you feel bad for him. Be like he he just wants that peace. He wants the the daughter he remembers, the daughter he loves, and not the daughter who betrayed him and left him the you know left him to decay and rot right. in, a, in a cave. Well, and and what parent doesn't somewhat see their 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 children as they were when they were yeah know, when they were like exactly or five. yeah exactly. Yeah, it's just like it's done very well. Of course, we get the or, the uh, orbs, not orbs, lorbs. lorbs. That's it, lorbs. Uh, we get the lorbs, and we get the like the 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 nine days of be like, oh, and the how captain. Many days has he had since the wish? Oh, oh right, nine. nine. Of course, you didn't have to tell us that. We could have guessed that. Mm. And then you get the the onslaught of all the variant versions of oh, Cassandra. Man. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is gonna get good in a heartbeat." Yeah. And and then it's the 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 uh, the captain of the guard, the father who is struggling with this this. Be like, I, I I'm going to I'm going to be selfish. I'm going to steal away with my. I know she's not real, or I think she's not real. To you know, I want my my happiness. I want my joy. Yeah. And when he realizes what he's doing, he turns around, and does the the right thing. And when he's when he's in the uh, the the temple or whatever this is to retrieve the coin, is like little Cassandra is like, "Are you going to leave me? Are you going to leave me?" It's yeah. just like it's heartbreaking. But he realizes what he needs to do. He, he also, like he he realize also knows that that person is not real. Yeah. For one thing, she doesn't have a shadow. Yeah. So she's not really there. No. Yeah, agreed. It's it's the um the the point where be like when everything's said and done, it's like, you know, let's go get my daughter back. And it's just like this man who has come to a realization that he's been living in a fantasy, he's been living in a lie, that he's that he's he's wanted something so bad that he's lost sight of it. Uh-huh. And now he is now he's like Rapunzel, like he he wants his daughter back. Like Rapunzel, he wants her, she wants her best friend back. Yeah, and it's this desire to reunite with someone that has been lost, mm-hmm. and it's this desire to uh this um yeah just to to have something back in your life, even though the the odds of this person coming back are slim be like there's still that that hope and that chance that this person will turn around and things will be back to the way it was we'll figure that out later right but it's i really definitely with the conflict of uh the captain of the guard his like entire time be like he's be like he wants this happiness he wants to be selfish he wants he like his personal selfish desires but he realized if he does this, it's going to be the end of, you know, Rapunzel and Eugene. So he has to does he, he, he has to fight back the urge to do the selfish thing and do the right thing. And I really, really enjoy that. Mm-hmm. 
It's a good story. This is a good episode. It Highly is. suggest it. Mm-hmm. If you're just kind of skipping through, hitting the high points, mm. this is a high point. Yep. Definitely give it a watch. Yep. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, I think that's going to be it for us for now. I think I think we're we're also going into bad movie month. We are going into bad movie month next time. So, mm-hmm. join us for the Emoji Movie, mm-hmm. a movie I say is bad because of its very concept. Mm-hmm. We'll see if execution holds up. True. <laughs> but uh, yeah, join us next time for that. In the meantime, this has been Drew. This is Jacob. And we'll catch you in the next frame. You can follow Jacob on his Facebook at Jacob B. Heron. His Facebook page, Jacob's Daily Art Corner, where he tries to draw each and every day. His Instagram at Jacob B. Heron. His Twitter at Jacob Heron. And his letterbox to Jacob Heron. You can find Drew on Facebook at Drew Dodgen. His Facebook page, Drew's photo bin to see his photography. His letterboxed page at G George 759. His Twitter at G George 759. And Instagram at Drew Dodgen. You can like us on Facebook at The Cellcast Podcast. On Twitch at The Cellcast Gaming. On YouTube at Cellcast. On Twitter at Cast underscore Cell. The Cellcast can be found at Apple Podcasts. Google Play Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else fine podcasts are downloaded from. Please rate and review us where you found us, and also on Podchaser. Email us at thecellcastpodcast at gmail.com. The Cellcast is a proud member of both the Pop Americana and Culture Box Media Networks. For more information, please see the link in the description. Our theme song is Drop and Roll by Silent Partner. And remember, that's Cell with a single L. Can I get, can I get, okay. Pow. Oh man, I'm human again. Where are my clothes? No! My eyes! <laughs>